This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, April 11th, 2010. Alive in my connection. Well, good morning again, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the gift of this day. God, it's not by accident that any one of us are here, but it's by God incidents. And so now, O Lord, we ask you to open up our hearts by the power of your Holy Spirit as we delve into your scripture, Colossians chapter 3, that we might be changed and transformed by your word. We pray this in the name of the risen Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of Connection Church said, Amen. Amen. I'm alive because Jesus lives in me. He lives in me in me. Can you say that with me? He lives lives in in me. me. One more time. He He lives lives in in me. me. So we say it, right? We can even shout it. And we believe it. But what does it look like? What does it really mean? What is it that people see in us when they see Jesus alive in us? Well, today... And for the next two weeks, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to be focusing on what do people see when Jesus is alive in me? Well, that's a rhyme. What do people see when I Jesus is was, alive I think it was in me? That way. What do people see when Jesus is alive in you? Okay, that, that one doesn't rhyme. No, but I just don't want to be hanging out to dry okay. by myself right. here. Right. Oh, and we. And we, what do people... (laughs) I'm still distracted by that video. I think it was so cute. I could hardly stand it. Okay. Anyway. I'm sure a lot of people here would say, yeah, I can hardly stand it either. (laughs) Okay. Focus. Here is the bigger question. What should people see when he's alive in me? What should people see? When he's alive in you, what should people see when he's alive in us as a church? Mm. What should people see? So the Apostle Paul gave us some really good guidelines for this in his letter to the church at Colossa. Now, Colossa was a once flourishing, then kind of mediocre town in what is today Turkey. Now, this particular church was not one of the churches that Paul planted himself. Maybe one of his followers, maybe one of his cohorts planted, they think. But from the letter that Paul wrote to the church, it seems that the one who was the founder of the church had sent news to Paul in prison in Rome that there was some kind of a heresy, some kind of a something undermining the church there, and he was seeking Paul's help. Now, this heresy, this thing that's undermining the church there. It's not specifically stated, so we don't know what it is, but it appears that Paul's writing this letter to kind of nip it in the bud to catch it before it gets out of control. Yeah. And so we're taking a look at the third chapter of Colossians, and here Paul offers to quote the um, NIV study Bible, 
Rules for holy living. Rules for holy living. Another way to look at that is that Paul's telling us what we should look like if people are going to see the living Jesus in us. In other words, he tells us how we would be living, in fact, if Jesus was alive in us. Alive in us, as many of us claim. And so, now let's dive in and look at what Paul has to say. And this is a, a Colossians letter, Paul's letter to Colossians is translated by Eugene Peterson in the version of Scripture called The Message. So here's what Paul says. So, so if you're serious about living this, this new resurrection cri- life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That, that's where the action is. See things from His perspective. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. Say that again, is with Christ in God. He is your life. He is your life. When Christ, your real life, remember, shows up again on this earth, you'll show up too. The real you, the glorious you. Meanwhile, be content with obscurity like Christ. Okay, so let's explore this this scripture passage a little bit more. Chapter 1, Paul tells us, let's say it together. So, if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ... Act like it. it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. In other words, you don't get it both ways. We don't get it both ways. If we're serious about being a follower of Christ, serious about living in the life that God offers us, that connected life, serious about Jesus being alive in us, then we have to act like it. I mean, that's pretty simple, isn't it? And when I say act like it, it's not like we're pretending, but when Christ is in us, there's this natural outflow. You know, Jesus in, Jesus out. One thing I tell Turner all the time is trash in, trash out. Jesus in, Jesus out. And so what Paul is saying here is get connected. Get connected to Christ And the way he wants you to live, the way he wants me to live, allow Jesus to live through you. And like Paul says here, pursue the things over which Jesus presides. In other words, quit chasing after the earthly things that you've been chasing after in the past. You know, those material things, those temporal things, those things that bring me personal pleasure kind of things. Not that there's anything wrong with personal pleasure, but we need to be looking at the bigger picture, the kingdom picture, not the Allen-centered or the put-your-name-in-there-centered picture, but the Christ-centered picture. Start focusing on the things that Jesus focused on, spiritual things, eternal things, things that share the joy of Jesus with those around you, around me. There's a Bible scholar, his name is William Barclay, and he shares this in the New Daily Study Bible. He says, 
Well, this will obviously provide a new set of values. Christians no longer will worry about things which the world thought important. Ambitions which dominated the world will be powerless to touch them. They will go on using the things of the world, but they will use them in a new way. They, you, me, they will, for instance, set giving above what? Serving above, forgiving above. The standard of values for Christians will be God's standard of values, not the world's. So, you know, if if Jesus is truly alive in us, if he's living in us, and we're truly connected to him as he lives in us, this thing shouldn't be like foreign, should it? It shouldn't be like, huh. It should be like, well, duh, of course, right? If he's alive in us, it'd be a natural outgrowth to be acting like that. It, It should be much more natural than we think if, in fact, Jesus is alive in we. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Okay, so we've just looked at the first passage. If we're serious, we need to act like it and pursue the things over which Christ presides. Let's take a look at verse 2. Say it together. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. <laughs> There's a couple of ways of looking at this. Carrie showed the first one. Kind of like an, an Eeyore way of looking at You know Eeyore? Woe is me looking at the ground. You know, you can just feel that when you read. Just looking at the ground, at the earthly. Lift your eyes up! That God stuff, instead of that junk. On the other way to look at it is the earthly stuff. Why are we spending our time, our talent, and our energy on the, on the things of this world? Amen? Amen? But that's our natural tendency, isn't it? We're in, in this world and focusing on that. But we should be lifting our eyes from this world to God's world to the heavens, to the heavenly things, you know. I mean, this is like a literal from the earth to the heavens, lift our eyes. Does, does that mean that we've got to be so otherworldly that we can't connect with the people around us? Well, duh, no. We've got to be connected with those people around us, but, but it doesn't mean that we have to be focused on the earthly things. Uh, you know, there's an old saying, don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good, Right? And maybe you know where you're so off in the cloud someplace that the guy, people around you can't relate to you. That's, that doesn't work. And yet, and yet we also want to be um, in this world, but not of this world. Because we can be in this world and yet of kingdom things. You know, we can be relating to those around us, but we can always have our eye on heaven rather than on the earthly things. Keeping our eyes on Jesus while at the same token keeping in touch with those around us. Yeah. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. I mean, this is such a flip on the way we 
tend to look at things here in society, generally people would think that being tuned into Jesus would crimper style, would be a really boring life. Oh my, let's just sit and ponder about Christ 24-7 and read scripture and not even relate to the world. Well, God wants us to relate to the world and relate to one another and take what he's taught us in here and live it. And that's what we're talking about today. Jesus alive in us, alive in you. And so being alive in Christ is far from boring. It is an incredible life. I've lived the other life. (laughs) It's a mess. Maybe you've lived the other life. It doesn't work. It might work for this long, but it's not good for the long haul. And so being alive in Christ, we want to go where the action is, where Jesus is. Because Jesus is alive. And the touch of Christ changes the world, transforms our lives. Don't we want to be there where Christ is? Absolutely. It's an exciting place to be. It's a place where we don't have to, you know, think about, you know, expectations of other people. Just, it's Jesus that we're, you know, it is the best place to be far from boring. So we've got to know where Jesus is at. Jesus is everywhere. And if we look and see and plug into Christ, there's this saying that's like, so 20 years ago, what would Jesus do? You know, some of us, I had a poster in my dorm room, you know, what would Jesus do? I have plaques, what would Jesus do? But let's take this a little bit further. Some other questions to think about. What would Jesus do? How would Jesus feel? What would Jesus say? How would Jesus act? How would Jesus respond? So if he's alive in us, and we're projecting Christ to the world, these are some things that we need to plug into. So it's it's not just us trying to see the world as Jesus would see it. See, if the resurrected Christ, if Christ truly is alive, and we say he is, and he's alive in me, then, then, um, then it's me seeing it with the world with his eyes through me, with um, I'm, I'm uh, touching, reaching out to the world with his hands. I'm walking beside my brothers and sisters with his feet, right? Yeah. And then we say, well, is that really possible? Is it possible to have a Jesus perspective on the world? I mean, come on, he was perfect. I'm not perfect. Well, it's, it's, it's possible to get closer and closer to that perspective, isn't it? If we allow ourselves to, if we open ourselves up and stop saying no to allowing Jesus to shine kind of through us, if we don't stifle it and shut it down, but like I say, in order for that to happen, we've got to quit saying no. We always think, oh, my relationship with Jesus is all about saying yes. I'd say it's probably even more so about saying no, about stopping to say, saying no, like stop saying no to Jesus' offer to be a part of our lives, to stop saying no to, to Jesus being in the driver's seat and, and being a passenger. You ever seen that bumper sticker of Jesus as your co-pilot switch seats? Sometimes my car's going like this. Because <laughs> you're jumping back and forth? Yeah. Uh, yeah, amen. Hey? And, and, but we don't like it when he drives because he might take us to places where we don't want to 
go. He might have us do things we don't want to do. And He may ask us to forgive people that we don't want to forgive. Wow. So we want to control our lives. Just, I mean, and I'm the same way. You know, I grab control. I'm all over the road with Him driving, me driving. But, you know, if we use our brains... Okay, here's the Son of God sitting on the throne saying, let me run things for you. (laughs) Alan knows better than you what's right. Isn't that what we say? Put your name in the blank there instead of Alan. Isn't that what we say? Jesus, I think I know better than you what's best for me. (sighs) How goofy is that? And yet that's what we do all the time. we got to quit saying, no, Jesus, I don't need you. We, we have to quit saying, no, Jesus, um, I'm not going to serve the way you want me to serve. No, Jesus, I'm not going to give the way you want me to give. No, Jesus, I'm not going to love the way you want me to love. We've got to quit saying those no's and start saying, okay, okay, here I am. So let's turn back to what Paul says in Scripture, Colossians 3, and we're now on verses 3. And four. Let's let's read it together. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He is your life. When Christ, your real life, remember, shows up again on this earth, you'll show up too. The real you, the glorious you. Meanwhile, be content with obscurity like Christ. It kind of reminds us of a passage that many of you may be familiar with, another letter from Paul that he wrote to the uh, church at Corinth, his second letter to that church. Um, Maybe you can share this with me. It's the next slide, I think. Say this with me. This means that anyone who who belongs belongs to Christ Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new has begun. Amen? Amen. The old life's gone. It's new me. It's new life in Christ. Can we go back to that other slide? I'm, I'm messing things up here. It's not the plan, but go back. Yeah. This, a little, this goes in a little more detail here, because check out that line right uh, there in uh, the second sentence there. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. So that's kind of an interesting interjection there, this even though invisible to spectators line. In the New International Version of Scripture, it says it like this, for you died and your life is now hidden in Christ. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. See what that says to us, it's it's not about us anymore, but it's all about Christ, isn't it? We have these four words we say around here. Anybody know what they are? It's not about me. Say that again. It's not about me. See, when we're in Christ, it isn't about us. It's about Christ. It's all about Jesus. So you've died. You have your life buried, your old life buried, but not in the ground, because now you're new in Christ. As such, that life, you know, when it's all about you, it's going to be hidden, because when people see you, they're going to see Jesus, because Jesus is alive in you. 
you know, it's so cool because if our lives are truly in Christ, we won't be invisible to spectators. We're not going to be invisible. Yes, our old life is hidden, but the new you, the Christ-centered you, the uh, Christ is alive in you and me, life will be there for all to see. And that's a really cool thing because people, there are just so many challenges and troubles in the world. We're all going through that kind of thing at one time or another. But when Christ is alive, it's a different perspective. It's a kingdom perspective, and people will be able to see that in you, Jesus in you. When that's the case, people can't help but see something different. Have you ever been around somebody and you're just thinking, something's different. Something is different about that person and you want to be around them, don't you? Well, people will want to gravitate toward you because it's not gravitating toward you, it's toward Jesus. As we continue on in this passage, when Christ, your real life, remember, shows up again on this earth, you'll show up too. The real you, the glorious you. Meanwhile, be content with obscurity like Christ. Mm. Hmm. You know, in other words, when, when Christ returns in his glory as he promised, you know, he said, I'll be back. I've got to prepare a place for you. I'm coming back, he says. And, and he sh- promises that we're going to share in his glory. Amen? Yeah, that's going to be glorious. And that's something really to look forward to. But the thing is, we, we don't have to wait until we breathe our last breath to be with Christ. You know, sometimes we talk about eternity and salvation, eternal life, and all those things. And I think sometimes we think, okay, well, that's going to start when I take my last breath. They put me in the ground, and it's going to be a glorious day. I'm the pearly gate, you know, that whole picture. We don't have to wait till then to, to share in this kingdom life, to share in what Jesus has to offer. See, that eternal life can start at very, this very moment if it hasn't started for you already. Because a life in Christ is kingdom life now. Amen? That's what Jesus is talking about when he went in the temple during his, during, when he first started his ministry. He opens the scroll for Isaiah 61, and he says, you know, uh, the, the blind will see, and the lame will walk, and the prisoners will be free. We've shared that passage before. And he goes on and he says, that's the prophet, uh, from the prophet Isaiah hundreds of years before, and then he closes it up and he says, uh, it, it's in your presence today. Basically, he's saying, look, baby, I'm here. This is it. The kingdom is here. You don't have to wait. You don't have to drop on it. Now, you go outside today and you look around and you think, wow, if it's here, we're in trouble. (laughs) Some days it doesn't seem like we're in the kingdom, does it? No. And so we're still looking for Christ to come again. And yet, though, if you are in Christ, if Christ is alive in you, the kingdom is here, isn't it? Christ's kingdom is here. God's kingdom is here. And we don't have to wait for that last breath to enjoy what Jesus delivered through his death and resurrection, what he promised, new life in him. 
to bring new life. That's what he offers, not in the there and then, but the right here and now. And that can happen if we can stop saying no. If we can stop saying no to what Jesus has to offer us. If we can stop saying no and allow him to take control. If we can stop saying no and truly allow him to live in us. Wow. Can you imagine? Well, some of you can imagine because it's happening, isn't it? You already know what I'm talking about, don't you? You're living the life now. As some people I know say, I'm living the dream, but they say it kind of facetiously. We're living the dream when Christ is already alive in us. We're, we're living the dream. We don't have to wait to die to have those eternal promises that Jesus gave. We can have them right now. And some of you might be saying, I don't know what you're talking about, Alan. Well, praise God, because that's why you're here. That's why you're here, because this is the place where you get to think about and talk about those kind of things, and you get to say, what does that mean? Well, it means that right now we can say yeah, yes, or another way of saying, stop saying no. Stop saying no, Jesus, I don't want you in life. No, Jesus, I want to stay in control. No, Jesus, uh, I don't want what you have to offer. We can be open and say, today's the day. Today's the day. And maybe in your seat, you just take a minute today and say, Jesus, here I am. That's all it takes. Jesus, if you just open it up, Jesus, here I am. Just be ready for him to, it's like you open a vacuum and he'll rush in. Here I am. And he's going to, and you start just thinking about what that means in your life. It's all about connection. You know, that's a good name for this church because the whole idea is connecting with Jesus and the life that he has to offer. And it's a life where he lives in me, he lives in we. If, if, if this, you're going, I don't know about that. Take a minute today and in your seat, just open yourself up with prayer. Jesus, here I am. I, I need you in my life. Maybe up on the steps here. Jesus, uh, they love it when we're, God loves it when we're on our knees, you know. Uh, back in the prayer corners, people back there, they'd love to talk to you, pray with you about what it would mean for Jesus to be a part of your life, to, to, for the resurrected Christ to be alive in you. Today's the day. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, so how many here have those white bracelets? Let me see them. All right, what's it say? What's the bracelet say? He lives in me. That's what we gave out last week on Easter Sunday. We're talking about Jesus living in us. If you don't have one, stop the guest services and pick yours up because it's a great reminder that Jesus Christ, in fact, does live in you. And when we go out there in that world, Christ flows, and it might just help connect somebody else with Christ when you show Jesus living in and through you. Amen? Let's pray. God, we do thank you for this this day and this passage in Colossians, and help those of us who are in Christ act like it, and those of us who might be saying, hmm, what does that life look like to open themselves up to you? God, you, you are an awesome God. You breathe life into each one of us. And it is possible through you that we can be healed spiritually, emotionally, physically, 
psychologically. Our chains are gone. We aren't bound up by those things that just confine us. But the aliveness uh, just comes. Help us, Lord, connect with you and the life that you offer. We pray this in the name of the risen Christ and by the power of God's Holy Spirit. And all of Connection Church said, Amen. Thank you for taking part in sharing the message for this week. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also reach our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.